0: THE FIVE Blokes. Hello, welcome to another episode of Five Blokes. This is a blog episode from the Chelsea Bloke. This is Nathan. I'm also the other African bloke. Um, I mean, is Algerian and I'm, I'm Ghanaian, so... Um, we're the two African blokes, and today's episode, I just kind of want to talk about AFCON, which, um, most of you don't have a lot of idea about, uh, mainly because it's an African tournament, but also it's very difficult to get to watch in the States. Um, if you lived in Europe, you probably watched it on Sky Sports, but if you live in the States, um, you have to get Being Sports, it's a whole hassle to get it, to watch it, um, But today's episode, I really just wanted to talk about AFCON, its importance, the reason why it matters, um, how it's founded and things like that. Just kind of a little rundown about it. Um, I know most of us support teams in Europe on the club level, and it's very, very, very unfortunate when we have to lose our players to AFCON. But I kind of want to give some perspective as to why it's very, very important that these players leave and go play in this tournament. For a continent of 54 countries with only 24 co- uh, countries playing in the tournament, so I hope you humor me. Um, unfortunately, there's going to be a little bit of politics. Um, I, actually, I don't think it's unfortunate. There's going to be some politics talk associated with this because I think it's instrumental to the reasoning of of playing, but also the existence of Africa as a continent as a whole. Um, Obviously, it's been ransacked based on its entire uh, history um, since the 16, 1500s of um, Europeans invading and, and colonizing several countries based on certain agreements that were made um, out of the reach of the people themselves. So because of that, there's a lot of political conversation that is tied to Afcon and as I talk about it we'll get into the details of it and you could have a better idea of, of what I'm talking about. So we'll start with like what is AfCON really? It's African Cap of Nations. It's hosted by CAF, which is the Confederation of African football. Um it's been around since nineteen fifty seven, which coincidentally is the year Ghana got independence. Um the first Afcon uh competition was between four countries originally. So it was Egypt, Sudan, Ethiopia, and South Africa. Unfortunately, South Africa didn't get to play. Going back to politics and honestly, human decency, apartheid was very, very rampant in South Africa. And because of that, the founding countries did not let South Africa play because they don't understand why apartheid should be happening, which I completely agree with. Like, that's a human rights violation. You shouldn't get to play, which, funny enough, is kind of tied to Qatar and the World Cup this year, but... That's a whole different episode that I can do later on if anyone wants to hear that. But South Africa didn't get to play because of apartheid. And this was in 1957. And since then, they played every two years. Um, so they played actually in 1960, and then it went every two years. And in 2013, they switched back to... They played in like 2012, and in 2013, they switched to odd years because it was coinciding with the World Cup. And it was just too many um, tournaments in a year for these players so they decided to switch now with with AFCON the most successful countries um, the top 3 are Egypt Cameroon and Ghana um, Egypt has won 7 AFCONs they actually did the treble in the 2000s um, Cameroon has won 5 um, I mean Cameroon has been one of the best footballing nations in Africa just period so it, they're, they're very deserving of it um, and then Ghana's won four times, uh, Ghana hasn't won in recent years, um, but they've been running up a lot, <laughs> um, so hopefully, you know, uh, we win some soon, it kind of sucks with all the talent and all the history and the prestige you would think that we would be winning, it's kind of like Man United right now, actually, <laughs> because we have all the history but no actual wins currently, sorry Evan, I just, I really had to make that joke, um, but yeah, so so so, how does AFCON happen when you have 54 countries in Africa? Well, they play qualifiers, and then through qualifiers, you determine 24. So those 24 make it, just like kind of in Europe, actually, because 24 make it in the Euros as well. Out of those 24, six groups, obviously, are four, the top two in each group qualifies, which gives you 12, and then the top four third teams with the most points also get to qualify, and then that gives you your round of 16th then you go on quarterfinals semifinals finals so that's how it's been going on since um i want to say the late 80s um is when that has happened now i want to talk about importance before i talk about this year's afcon and this is going to be a short episode so if you've been listening so far i appreciate you um but just engage me just a little bit longer There's a lot of unstable countries in Africa, not because of the lack of self-awareness or the lack of good people, but because there's been a lot of political destabilization, whether it's because of the involvement of the CIA or um, going all the way back to colonization. Um, If I was to take just Ghana as an example, Ghana's first prime minister and president, Kwame Nkrumah, was assassinated. Well, there was an attempt on... There was an attempted assassination, but it did lead to his death because of a severe injury, and it was directly funded by the CIA. There's open documents if you want to read it, which is probably why I talk shit on the CIA on Twitter and the Queen of England, because I hate her. But this is not what this is about. I just want to talk about how it relates to sports. There's a lot of countries that are unstable because there are a lot of people who live in these countries with a lot of unstable um, political systems. And that's a direct result of um, a lot of outside and Western influence, which destabilizes their system. Um, usually, whether there's, whenever there's any form of socialism going on somewhere else, and you can see this in South America as well, there's an involvement of capitalistic societies to try to destabilize that. So that happens a lot in Africa. The one thing that Africans have gotten from the colonial masters, and I'm using masters with disgust, is football. Um, And Africans love football. And, you know, even if I'm generalizing here, if I was to take Ghana, for instance, every Ghanaian kid would tell you they were nice enough to make a team somewhere. Which is not true, because I'm not nice enough to make some team somewhere. But everyone loves football enough to think that they're good at it, and everyone loves football enough to think that they could have been a great coach. So... You can understand the importance of tournaments in these countries. And Ghana, luckily, hasn't had any kind of political t- turmoil since before 1992. So we're very blessed and lucky in that sense. But if you would think of a country like Côte d'Ivoire, where Drogba, which is one of the greatest strikers in Premier League history, played and is from. There was a lot of political turmoil when they won in 2015 where they, would beat, they actually did beat Ghana 9-8 in penalties um, to win that trophy. Winning that that Afcon was important enough for him to be, have a platform to convince the people to stop the civil war, so this is the kind of extent of power that we're dealing with. So when we're to think about that and concern with our um, favorite teams in Europe, because I'm a Chelsea fan, Seth's such Arsenal fan, Evans is a United fan, Nima is a Liverpool fan. I mean Liverpool was rumpaged by losing two of their best players, and two of the best players actually in the entire Premier League and possibly the world, right? It sucks. But if you were to think about the entire responsibility that these people have, they're winning something for a country that needs it. If you were to look at Senegal especially, Senegal is not necessarily the most stable of countries right now, but them winning that is a culmination of a lot of hard work starting all the way from the 2002 World Cup. Senegal has a lot of talent They've produced a lot of talent And they couldn't win And this is something that solidifies a legacy For someone like Sadio Mane Where he could go back home And always have his name written in the stars For his performance this year So it's very very important for for, for players from Africa To go back home and play um, Which is one of the reasons why I have a problem with Hakim Ziyech But I think that's a mental health Like workplace, toxic workplace thing So who knows But Winning the trophy is not even really about the trophy. It's about the country and the people. So when these players get the opportunity to go back home and play, they should go back home and play. And we should not hold that against them. And I know it sucks. I, I'm a Chelsea fan. In the 2000s, we lost Drogba and Isian and Mikel Obi, every AFCON. And those were staples in our system. You know, So for that month in January and February you lose those guys and it's a tough break but they're doing something that's greater than any premier league season could do they're they're winning things for countries that need it giving hope to people who don't have it and bringing a country together that might be torn apart by war so i think it's very very important for us to look at that and think of that and think of things in perspective and not just necessarily be selfish about our clubs individually of course, it's a human thing to just feel selfish. I feel selfish sometimes, and I'm like, I, like when Mendy left, it was a tough break. But again, I understand the importance of him winning a Premier uh, sorry, winning an AFCON for Senegal than it is for winning a Premier League or even a club, Winners' Cup or whatever it is. So I, I think it's just important for us to think of things in perspective. I know we're kind of tunnel-visioned a lot when it comes to our sports but we should think of things in an entire perspective so that's the importance of that um, again, colonial ties to countries create destabilization and political systems which football could bring people together so they could put away their differences and actually focus on this one moment and sometimes you're lucky enough when you have a Drogba who is very politically involved and very loud in his opinions and is able to get convince people to put down their weapons and actually come together as a country but with all that being said, I just wanted to shout out a couple players this year who were phenomenal. Um Kulibali for <laughs> for Senegal. I know Nima heard that and laughed because I love Kulibali and he thinks he's garbage. But I mean if you ask Senegal, they would not be here without Kulibali. So congratulations to Kulbali. Um, earlier I had said something about Senegal's journey being a culmination of all the individual things that happened. In 2002, they did make it to the World Cup quarterfinals. They had Diop and Baba Diop on their team. And I think Diop is actually the coach for them now. So you can think of how much that, <laughs> that how good that feels, right? Like the, the, the feeling of like making it to the quarterfinals in the World Cup. I think they also made it to the AFCON finals that year and didn't win but you could finally win it as a coach. It's just a combination of all the things that you work for in your entire career getting to this moment. So I want to shout out Diop as well. Um, Mane, who, I mean, what a what a guy. Um, he had a really terrible head injury, actually, at AFCON, and there's a story that went out that I read on BBC about how he ended up paying for a bunch of kids at the hospitals, um, term- terminal illness, like, Bills um, So I mean on the human side Amazing guy but on the footballing Side he was the player of the tournament <laughs> So um, and he put away the, the winning Penalty for Senegal It's unfortunate it was against his teammate And um, His other best Right hand man and Salah but Again you know you're competing for something More than than just The, the title but you're competing for Legacy And those things matter. So, congratulations to Mane. Um, Congratulations to Mendy. I mean, what a career so far. Um, I'm proud to have him as a Chelsea goalie. Um, I'm sure everyone over at Senegal also is very, very proud of him. Because the journey he's been on. I mean, five years ago, this guy had nothing. And now he's arguably the best goalie in the world. So, that's something to applaud. I'm forgetting the Egypt goalie's name. But he... I think this was his fifth cap for for Egypt, and he was outstanding in that final. So congratulations to him, Hakimi for Morocco, um, Thomas Pate for Ghana, all the Nigerian boys. I mean, <laughs> Nigeria is a very stacked team. I'm very terrified to play them in World Cup qualifiers, but I think they've been um, they've been amazing. Um, and the Comoros team for just being phenomenal. And just shocking everybody at, at, this, at this Afcon, they were just phenomenal in a lot of ways. Um, I know they had to play a left back a goalie uh, a while ago um, because they were actually against the against Cameroon. They had to play a left back a goalie because they were out of players because of uh, COVID, which is the main reason why they actually had to play Afcon this year instead of last year. But um, just just phenomenal performance from Comoros a country of less than a million people they were outstanding they beat Ghana 3-2 they held their own against Cameroon they almost beat Cameroon um, so congratulations to Comoros but yeah that's just a little bit I have about AFCON um, it's not too much I'm just pleading with us fans of clubs in, in Europe um, that we have some, some grace for for the, our, our favorite players who play on our teams who are also from Africa when they have to leave. It sucks. But, like, fuck the Premier League, really. This this is way bigger than Premier League. You're winning this for a country, for the soul of the country, really. Um, and I think that's worth more than any Premier League title, in my opinion. Um, one might choose to agree, but that's what I think. So, that's what I got. Um, we'll be back on Sunday, hopefully. Um, especially because Premier League is back and Champions League is this week as well. Um, good luck to all the teams if your team's not in the champions league do better um and yeah this weekend we'll have a lot to say about all our teams and our performances so far so thank you for indulging me thank you for listening i know it took a little bit of detours here and there but i just think that i needed to get this part out all right have a good day The five blow